And so this morning, I'd like to continue and to close in a way, to close the, uh, the Sunday services even on the same thing on unstoppable love. But I think it is fitting for us that as we come to the end of the year, we not only talk about God's love, but we are going to celebrate God's love. Amen? We are going to celebrate. I like the word celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. Come on, you cannot say celebrate without a smile. Celebrate. <laughs> Amen. It is a celebration, all right? A celebration is when it is an occasion marked, all right, by a festivity or joy or rejoicing, a special occasion. And not, necess not, necess not necessarily an occasion, but a certain period in time whereby we just take time out to just uh, celebrate together. Now, we celebrate birthdays, we celebrate anniversary, and we are celebrating, or we have just celebrated our Christmas, and, and some of you are still in the Christmas spirit, and so celebration is good. And uh, so, as we come to the end of the year, we want to celebrate God's love for each and every one of us. Some of us, you know, have different ideas about God's love, you know, uh, but today, I just want you to focus on God's overflowing love. As you come to the end of the year, some of you may be uh, running on almost empty already. You say, oh, Pastor, I'm, I'm almost dry already. If only I can make it, you know, just uh, two more days. If I can just hang on two more days, I'll be so very glad. Some of you are running almost on dry already, rather than life from the overflow. You know, if you have learned to tap into the secrets of God's love, at the end of the year, you can still run on overflow. The overflow of our, of our relationship with God that causes us to end the year triumphantly no matter what you have gone through. And that's the only way to live. Uh, an overflow of our love relationship with God that causes us to and the year triumphantly. My text is taken from 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 onwards. Shall we read together even this portion of Scripture? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. Celebrating God's love, First John chapter 4. As John penned these words to the church, they were in the midst of a struggle. A struggle that was almost dividing the church. Because in the church, there were two groups of people. 
Those who came out from Judaism, the ex-Jews, and those who came out from their pagan background, the ex-pagan. And so their doctrines were kind of uh, different. For those who came from a Jewish background, they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they were emphasizing on the humanity of Jesus. They remembered the words of Jesus Christ who said, my father is greater than me. So they emphasized on the humanity of Jesus. But as a pagan, they emphasized on the divinity of Jesus Christ. Now we know on Christmas Day, yes, God sent His Son Jesus Christ into this world. And this is part of the, part of the profound theology you know, that we wrestle with. How can God be fully God and still be fully man? How can, God, how can Jesus Christ leave His glory in heaven and come in the form of a baby, in the form of a man? The humanity and the divinity of Jesus Christ. Scholars up to this day continue to debate how is that possible. We don't have the full answer, but we know that that's a fact. That's who Jesus Christ is. But John, instead of focusing on doctrines of the divinity and the humanity of Jesus Christ, as an answer to that problem, he focuses on the concept of love. He didn't, he didn't dwell into the debate of the humanity and the, and the divinity of Jesus Christ, but he rather emphasized on love. As if love is the answer, and actually it is. Love, the answer to the division that, that tends to that split the church, that tends to cause us to squabble even over doctrines and issues, and perhaps even over personal preferences. So love. And he started off by making a statement. A very profound statement that teaches us how do we celebrate? How do we celebrate God's overflowing love? First of all, it is to rest in the certainty of His love. Everybody say rest. Rest in the certainty of His love. So John, say, John says, the Apostle John says in verse 8 and verse 16, God is love. This is the most profound attribute, description of God. God is love. You cannot find that in any other theologies. You cannot find that in any other religion. Three words and yet so very profound. Now John did not tell us God loves you. God is love and God loves you are two different things. Yes, we know that God loves us, right? You know, we, 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 in trying to evangelize and sharing the gospel, we say, God loves you, God loves you. Yes, that's a fact. But God is more than just a God loves you kind of a God. The God that we have is a God who is love. Love. 
the agape kind of love, the love that is unconditional, the love that keeps flowing, flowing, reaching out even to each and every one of us. And this is very powerful. Yes, sometimes we kind of uh, uh, brush it aside or just overlook it. Okay, God is love, so what? But I tell you, it tells us that everything that God is, He is love. In other words, when God loves us, it's not dependent on whether you have been good or not. God is not a Santa Claus, okay? If you have been good, you get a present. If you have not been good, if you have been naughty, sorry, no Christmas present for you. God is not a Santa Claus, amen? You see, because God is love. It is not dependent on the object of love, of His love. It is independent of that because that's the very nature of God. He loves us no matter what. He loves us before we love Him. He loves us even when we were so far away from Him. We have to learn to rest in the certainty of God's love. Some of us, as we come to the end of the year, yeah, maybe there are a lot of regrets. Some of the things that we have done, we regretted and we think, God, another year I have failed you. I'm such a lousy child. And we feel so far away, so rejected, so isolated from God. But let me tell you today, because God is love. It does not matter what you have done. If you learn to receive the love of God, it does not matter whether you have failed or whether you have succeeded this year. His love is constant. His love is constant. Mas Lucado say, the love of God is like the Amazon River flowing down, gushing down to water just one little daisy. Even if you are the only one, God's love remains unchanged. His love is unchanged. And it's always poured out on each and every one of us. Tell yourself, I am loved. Amen. The love of God. But many times we struggle with that. We do not rest on God's love. We wrestle with it. Why? Because in this world that we are living in, maybe some people have always been telling you, you are worthless, you are useless, you cannot do right, you cannot do good. Or maybe we have been brought up in an environment where there is always competition. We compare with one another, we compete with one another. From the time that, you know, uh, from, the, from, from the classroom to the corporate world, we are always comparing, competing with one another to be better off than somebody else or to prove our worth in order to be accepted, in order to be promoted, in order to be recognized. And we carry that even into our Christian life. We are trying to compete and compare one with another. Oh, so-and-so can do so many great things. And I cannot. And we feel that God loves us less. No. God's children are all equal in His sight. 
no matter how talented you are, no matter how insignificant you are, God is love. Rest in the certainty of the love of God today. And I, we can end the year knowing that no matter what has happened, no matter what has been my circumstances, whether I have been up on the mountain the top or whether I have been down in the valley, I can rest on this one fact. God is love and He loves me with an everlasting love. Somebody say, Amen. And that's a good way to conclude the year, isn't it? Not just to conclude the year. As if it is just a one-off kind of thing. But every day, every day He loves me. Every season of my life, He loves you. Every season, every second of your life, His love is constant. When I wake up in the morning, I know that He loves me. And I say, God, I love you. When I'm in the car, when I'm in the plane, when I'm walking, I know that He loves me. I can rest in the certainty of His love. When I encounter difficulties, God still loves me. When you're down in the valley, God still loves you. When you are successful, God still loves you. It's the same, His love. Because God is love. Aren't you glad? And because of that, brothers and sisters, you have to learn to enjoy God's love. Enjoy the blessings of God's love. And especially for those of us who are serving the Lord. Sometimes, you know, we have the service mentality which is not bad. We serve, serve, serve. But it is, is it out of love, out of gratitude to God? Or are you running on empty already? But if you know and are engaged with God, the God of love, then you find that you can live out of that overflow. Every day, you are overwhelmed by the love of God. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, rest. Rest in the certainty of God's love for each and every one of us. Verse 16, and so we know. Do you know? And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. That's the way to live. That's the way to celebrate God's love, just relying on God's love because God is love. I pray for the revelation of that every day of your life, no matter where you are, where you have been. How do you celebrate the love of God? It's still, secondly, love one another habitually. Everybody say habitually. How do we get the word habitual here? You see, it says here, Beloved, let us love. Wow, in the Greek, it sounds so great. It's almost like a double emphasis. Beloved, let us love. Beloved are those who love already, right? And yet it still says, let us love. In the Greek, it's called agapetoi, agapomen. 
Wow, beloved, let us love one another. And the word love there, as, some, as, as we have constantly say, love is a verb. It's a verb. It's not a sentiment. It's not just a feeling that you have. The word love is in the English grammar, it's called, it's, a, it's in the subject, it's in the subjunctive uh, tense. In other words, you keep on doing, doing, doing until it becomes a habit. People have said, if anything that you do, if you do it for 21 days, it will become a habit, right? So in other words, you know, some of you say, oh, it's so difficult to love. Yeah, we struggle with love. But you find that it says, beloved, let us love. Alright, it's a verb. You keep on loving, loving, loving until it becomes the normal practice for the day, the normal practice for your life. You keep on doing until it becomes a habit. So therefore, let us love one another. To love one another has been the call of God and actually it is an obligation because it says, for love is from God. Because love is from God, so therefore, let us keep on loving one another. And the phrase that's used in 1 John 3, 4 is, because we love the brethren. We love the brethren. There was a man who was a simple man who was applying for church membership. So the membership committee looked at him and know him a little bit. A very simple man, you know, uh, but uneducated, doesn't know how to read even. And when he comes to church, he smells a little bit, you know, and looks a little bit unkempt, you know, and when he sings songs, he sang out of tune, you know, uh, but he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. And so he applied to be a member of the church. And so the membership committee asked him, uh, can you tell us one reason why we should give you membership in this church? He's not rich, uneducated, unschooled, not too many friends. Can you give us one reason why we should accept you as a member of the church. He thought for a while and finally he says, because I love the brethren. I love my brothers and sisters. Wow. Some of us will say, oh, you must accept me as a member because I love God. Many of us declare that we love God, which is great. We should be the way. But many people say they love God, but they do not love the brethren. The Apostle John, John says here, because we love the brethren. And with that, he was accepted as member of the church. Man, I wonder what will happen in Glad Tidings if we put that as the key requirement of membership in Glad Tidings. You must prove that you love the brethren and not just love God. Dolly Madison, 
the wife of the fourth president of the United States of America, was a very popular woman, you know, and very popular first lady, loved by everybody. That one time the press uh, 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 interviewed her and, and, and asked her, so tell us, what is, the what is the secret of your power? What is the secret of your power as a first lady? First lady. He said, power? No, I'm not in need for power. I'm not seeking for power. All that I seek for is to love everybody. And because of that, she was well-liked and very popular, just like the wife of our present Prime Minister, Siti Hasma. You know, she's, she's loved by the rakyat, right? You know, people just, because of her simple ways and her loving ways, I'll just seek to love everybody. Brothers and sisters, love one another habitually. Habitually, every day. All right, in little ways, in big ways, we celebrate the love of God. We, have, we who have received the love of God, we give out the love of God. Thirdly, we celebrate the love of God through Christ. Now, this is very powerful here. It says here, this is how God showed His love. This is how. Or another says, herein, herein. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His Son, His one and only Son into the world. For what purpose? That we might live through Him. Christmas does not end with the manger. He sent His Son, yes. Christmas does not end even with the, 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 the crucifixion. But it continues on through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and through His life, we live. And that's how we live, brothers and sisters. Herein, this is how God showed His love. He sent His Son that we might live through Him. In other words, Christmas is every day of our life that we might live even through Him. And this is love. John keeps on coming back to this. God sent His only Son. The emphasis there is the one and only. John kept saying, God sent His Son. God sent His Son. God sent His Son. That is love. God did not hold back His one and only begotten Son, but give Him to rest. And it does not end at the manger, as we say, that we might live through Him. That is the key. The love of God dwelling in us, through us, expressing Himself even in our lives. And this is the key in the celebration of God and the love of God. And if Christ is in us, what happens? 
First John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You are of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, You are of God. You are of God, yes. We have to recognize our position. You are of God. You are not of this world. Those of you who have received the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not of this world anymore. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. Christ living His life through us. He who is in me is greater than He who is in the world. Many times we live our life as if it is just all by myself, all by myself, all alone, pulling myself up by my shoelaces. It's impossible. But it's the life of Christ, the love of Christ flowing, you know, uh, uh, in and through me and overcoming. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Three words for every situation you face. Three words for every situation you will ever face. Three words. Greater is He. Everybody say, greater is He. Greater is He. Amen. Greater is He. The one who is in me is greater than the giants that I face. Is greater than any giants that I can face. Greater is He. God is greater than my sicknesses. God is greater than your pain. God is greater than your lack. God is greater than your disappointments. God is greater than your depression. God is greater than all the challenges that you are facing right now. God is greater than your financial lack. Our God is greater. Somebody say Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him a big hand. Greater is he who is in me. And I celebrate that fact every day. No matter what you are facing, no matter what you are going through. God sent his son. I, every day I live by that fact. And everything that I do is based on the act of God who sent his son, Jesus Christ. Born in a manger, died on a cross, rose on the third day, alive forevermore, and who now lives in me, and he is greater than anything I can ever face and will ever face. If you can realize that, my friend, oh, you will experience the victory of the Lord. You will learn to live from that overflowing life that is found in the love of Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is the key. Greater is He. 
And fourthly, how do we celebrate the love of God? It is by connecting with God daily by His Spirit. Connect with God daily by His Holy Spirit. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 7. The word born of God indicates there is a relationship between us and God. Born of God and knows God. Know God intimately. Friend, it is that relationship that we have with God. And so we have to connect with God on a daily basis. I'm connected with my source, the source of love who is God Himself. I'm connected with God even directly, born of God. Friends, it is that relationship. We live out of that relationship. When that relationship is right, is, is given the proper attention, friends, we grow. We grow in that relationship. Born of God. I am born of God. God abides in us. And listen carefully here. Here is where a lot of Pentecostals got carried away. You know, he says, yes, God abides in us. His love is perfected in us. By this we know. And then He has given us of His Holy Spirit. When does God give us His Holy Spirit? Now, of course, God gives us the, the Spirit without measure. But many of us, we want, we want the, the, the spectacular manifestations of the Holy Spirit first. And then, we will try to love one another. But in this case here, love comes first. Love comes first. He says, yes, born of God, yes, God abides in us. His love is perfected in us. And then He gives us the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit. We do not want the love. We want the power. We do not want the fruit. It doesn't work that way. When we learn to just seek God and the love of God and allow that love to dwell in us, then the Holy Spirit will come. It is just like in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they were all together in one place. They were all together first. They were all in one accord, the Bible says. And they begin to learn to care for one another, love one another, and then bang, the Holy Spirit came. Now there's no proper order for what is what, but love, love will draw the Holy Spirit even into our lives. Many times you are too much drawn by the spectacular, but actually we have the supernatural and the supernatural is the Holy Spirit. By this, we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Holy Spirit. Can I have the worship team to just come now? He has given us of His Holy Spirit. How do we connect with God? How do we celebrate? Brothers and sisters, it's by connecting with the Holy Spirit. Come daily before the Lord in prayer. Reading the word of the Lord, yes. And then begin to just worship the Lord in the Spirit and learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. Let that be the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, communion with God. Pentecost, the, the Holy Spirit is to be experienced not only once a year, sometime in May, I think on the day of Pentecost. 
but it should be an everyday thing, you know. We who are born of God, we have that relationship with God, and then God has given us of His Holy Spirit. And it is out of the Spirit that the love of God continues to flow. How do we live in that overflow of God's love? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, let the Holy Spirit control our lives. Lead us and guide us. We have a supernatural helper, the Holy Spirit. Are you, are you conscious of His workings in your life? Are you conscious of His presence in your life? Or do you just cry out and pray in tongues only when you have problems? No, we have a supernatural helper. He's here. God has given us freely of His Holy Spirit. Those who love God and know the love of God, we have an advantage even in this life. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Everybody say, everlasting love. Yes, God has loved us with an everlasting. That means it never ends. The love of God is always there. Praise the Lord. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Are you drawn by the Spirit? Are you drawn towards God? And the love of God. Psalms 136 verse 26. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. And so in that light, we can celebrate God's love as we come to the end of the year knowing that God is love. I can rest even in His love. Knowing, yes, I can love habitually one another. And with Christ in me, Christ in me, His life through me, I can live that overflowing kind of a life connected with God daily by His Holy Spirit. Amen. Shall we bow our head and pray?